So I did it. I finally did it. It was awkward, didn't go very smoothly, and I was a little embarrassed afterwards since it was over so fast without much satisfaction. In this episode, I'll tell you all about my very first experience with Matter. Let's get into it. internet my name is dustin and this is the my home kit home podcast and here we look at the smart home with an apple home and accessibility focus it's hard to talk about the smart home in any capacity these days without mentioning matter but surprisingly i had yet to try it out until just recently as an apple home devotee there weren't and still kind of aren't many reasons for me to get excited about it and given my experience with a couple of devices recently i'm not yet convinced it's this big game-changing thing before we get into what all went down let's talk about some news from the world of HomeKit, starting out with a trio of, well, matter announcements from SwitchBot. First up, they are back again with a new and improved third-generation curtain motor. This is a notable update in a couple of different ways. First, it is now capable of moving curtains up to 16 kilos or roughly 35 pounds. While your window coverings might not weigh that much, what it will do is provide a quieter experience and, at least in theory anyway, cut down on the amount of power that is used to move your curtains back and forth. This new version features what SwitchBot is calling their quiet drive technology, which moves your curtains at five millimeters per second at or below 25 decibels, which is pretty dang impressive. Lastly, the Curtain 3 has an all new solar panel, which intelligently stores energy when light is limited and goes into hyper gathering drive when light is high to quickly recharge your batteries. And as you might have expected, this new version works with Apple Home over matter and is available starting today. SwitchBot was nice enough to provide us with an exclusive promo code so you can save 10% off your order of the Curtain 3 now through November 30th. Everything you need to know is in the show notes. I'll be taking a look at these in more detail in an upcoming video and written review all about the SwitchBot platform in Apple Home over matter with a big focus on accessibility so keep your eyes peeled for that one. SwitchBot has also been very hard at work this year updating their existing products to work with matter and this time it's the turn of their namesake switchbot button presser as well as their motion and contact sensors requiring connectivity through their hub to for matter compatibility these three devices join the switchbot lock switchbot blind tilt and curtain motors for a pretty impressive showing of matter compatible accessories and if that weren't enough switchbot is also now exposing the hub 2's ir blaster to matter and therefore apple home this effectively allows you to make any IR controlled appliance like fans, TVs, AC units, among many others, HomeKit compatible. The downside here is that because of the nature of smart IR blasters and how they're bridged, varying degrees of functionality can be expected depending on the appliance. However, most AC units should have access to power, heating and cooling modes, and potentially fan speeds. It's also worth noting that since the Hub 2 has an integrated temperature and humidity sensor, heating and cooling units will also be able to take advantage of this sensor data. This firmware update should be live for most users and I'll be covering this aspect of the Hub 2 in my forthcoming reviews. I know they were my first entry into the smart home and I'm definitely not alone here, but it looks like Philips Hue is primed to venture into the smart home security space with a smattering of IP cameras. Albeit still just a rumor at this 
this point, there are some pretty reliable sources reporting that the massively popular smart lighting brand is looking to introduce a whole lineup of smart cameras, including wired and wire-free versions, as well as a floodlight camera, which is becoming a more and more popular form factor. It's also rumored that Hue will finally be adding a contact sensor to their lineup of accessories, which I've wanted for a while now, but there was no word as to whether this would be outdoor rated. By the way, could somebody please release a HomeKit compatible outdoor contact sensor that preferably works over Zigbee or Thread? Granted, these are still rumors and I always take this with a grain of salt, but as Wes Davis points out in his Verge article, there are a couple of really compelling reasons that make this scenario possible, including the fact that Hue's sister brand, Wiz, has some cameras in their lineup and that Hue tends to make their big announcements at IFA, which is just around the corner. Oh yeah, and it does look like there were some FCC filings found as well. In any case, one thing that is for sure is that when these cameras hit the market, they'll definitely include that steep Philips Hue brand tax. We'll no doubt be covering all the smart home news from IFA in a future episode, so be on the lookout for that one. Another product that is likely to be announced at the IFA trade show is the second generation EVE cam, which was recently uncovered in an FCC filing. Now, if you're feeling a sense of deja vu, don't worry. In our last episode, we also reported on another FCC filing for a forthcoming audio device from the European based manufacturer. There's not a ton of information on what will set this updated version apart from its predecessor, but Simon from HomeKit News reports that it looks like it's going to ditch the circular pedestal design, opting for a more versatile mounting solution. Again, EVE tends to have a pretty strong presence at IFA, so be on the lookout for more announcements from them at the September event. Taking a small break from Apple Home News, our coverage of the Hallmark Secura Smart Doorknob went live a couple of weeks back. I really do dig this device, but there are some areas where I think it can be improved and I talk about all that and more in my reviews. I also got their non-Apple Home Smart Doorknob, which has a fingerprint sensor, and honestly, I'm a little torn between the convenience of managing pin codes in Apple's Home app and the speed of that fingerprint scanner. No matter which one you go with, both are great additions to your connected home and I left links to them as well as our review in the show notes. In our last episode, we talked about how Leviton retroactively retro fitted four of their decor line of smart plugs and switches to work with Matter, and now they turned around and added a smart outdoor plug that also works with Matter. And if you're keeping tabs, that is the first smart outdoor plug to work over Matter, but it's also got a couple of other features that set it apart from others in the field. First, it has a built-in lux sensor, which can be used as a condition to power the plug on and off, which is particularly useful in outdoor lighting scenarios. I wasn't able to find if the sensor is exposed to HomeKit over Matter, and I did reach out to Leviton about this, but didn't get a response before publishing. Like other similar devices, this one has an IP65 rating, so you won't need to worry about it at all in the elements, but something that does set it apart is its operating temperature range, which is between negative 20 and 122 degrees Fahrenheit, which is several degrees more than the competition. You can also pair a wireless remote switch directly to this outdoor smart plug, which isn't something I've really seen in similar devices and is actually really convenient for setting up that oh-so-necessary physical control without having to create yet another automation. It does have a couple of downsides, at least on paper anyway, and the big one for me is that it connects over a 2.4 GHz Wi-Fi band. 
Now look, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Wi-Fi is fast, reliable, can transport a ton of information, and can have a pretty decent range. But when it comes to the vast majority of smart home products, I prefer a self-healing mesh network like Zigbee or Thread. By the way, if there are any smart home manufacturers listening, why aren't you making Thread-based outdoor smart plugs and contact sensors? This is the perfect application for Thread. Anyway, another bummer about the Leviton Smart Outdoor plug-in module is that it only has one outlet. This is particularly confusing since Maris makes a few different Wi-Fi based outdoor smart plugs with up to three outlets and they're all really reasonably priced. Now I can't compare the quality of these devices since I don't have the Leviton Outdoor smart plug, but I've had the Maris Dual Outlet smart plug for a number of years now and it's worked flawlessly. Apparently the Leviton Outdoor smart plug is going for $54.99 in the US, but I couldn't actually find it on sale anywhere, but I did find it on the Leviton website, so I'll leave a link to that as well as the Maris Smart Outdoor Plugs that I mentioned earlier in the show notes. Lastly, we have yet another new device from Acura, as well as an update to their popular home app, which is of particular interest to Apple home users. Similar to what other manufacturers like Vocalink and Onvis have done, scenes that you create in the Acura home app can now be ported over to HomeKit. This opens up a world of new possibilities for smart home control. Not only do we now have access to all of the different actions for our Acura devices that aren't available in HomeKit, we also have access to all of the actions for non-HomeKit compatible Acura devices like the Pet Feeder C1. This was kind of possible before with shortcuts, but the process is much more streamlined now that we have access to Acura scenes in Apple Home. Other manufacturers have taken advantage of this ability to bring their scenes into Apple Home for devices like addressable LED light strips which aren't fully controllable in HomeKit and it's no coincidence that Acura just released their light strip T1 which is an RGB IC light strip with you guessed it, 10 different addressable LED zones. This is Acura's first lighting product available on the international market, and I think it's about time. The Lightstrip T1 connects over Zigbee and actually functions as a Zigbee signal repeater to help strengthen that network. But as such, you will need one of Acura's Zigbee 3.0 hubs, which are essentially any of their hubs that they've released in the last couple of years. The T1 base kit includes a 2 meter light strip, which can be extended up to 10 meters with the 1 meter extensions and is cuttable every 20 centimeters giving you some pretty decent control over the length of this light strip. Something I really like about the T1 and it's something we don't see all that often with smart light strips is the ability to actually reuse any of the sections that we cut off from the T1 and add them to other T1 strips that we may have using some connectors. The addressable LED zones are where the T1 really shines though and you can create customizable static and dynamic scenes in the Akara Home app and as we mentioned earlier, you can now port these over to Apple Home. The T1 also supports HomeKit's adaptive lighting, which allows you to have the strip follow the color temperature of the sun throughout the day. Lastly, it has a microphone built into the physical control, giving you a neat, if novel, music sync mode, which isn't revolutionary, but nice to have nonetheless. The Lightstrip T1 is available in most of North America, a lot of the EU, and the UK, and is fairly priced compared to its competitors. Check out the links in the show notes for more information. Now, before we jump into my rant about Matt, 
matter, I want to take a moment and thank today's sponsor, you. I put a not insignificant amount of time into all of the content I produce, including the podcast, and I absolutely love it, don't get me wrong, but it ain't free. There are a variety of costs associated with it, from equipment to podcast and web hosting to graphic design, and the list goes on. And this doesn't include the amount of time I personally invest in researching, writing, and producing YouTube videos, written reviews, and these podcast episodes. There are a number of ways that you can help keep it all going, and a lot of them don't cost you a thing. First off, follow us and leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. This does wonders for spreading the word, is free, and takes very little time. However, if you want to help us out even more, there are various ways that you can do this while getting something in return. You can support one of our partners like Exter or ExpressVPN, become a YouTube channel member and get all the perks that come along with that, or grab some sweet smart home swag from our merch store. If none of these work for you, but you still want to help support what we do here, you can also make donations via PayPal. Continuing to listen goes a long way, but if you want to do even more, go to myhomekithome.com slash thank you to learn more. That's myhomekithome.com slash thank you. And no matter how you decide to support us, we are eternally grateful and we wouldn't be here without you. Okay, so now let's talk about matter. Stacey Higginbotham and Jennifer Patterson Tui both recently and serendipitously wrote about the troubles associated with Dread Network credentials not being shared by matter vendors and the mess it creates when trying to add thread devices to multiple smart home platforms over matter. While I don't particularly care for getting matter devices into multiple platforms, I do care about getting matter devices into Apple Home, and I recently and rather reluctantly jumped on the matter wagon and my experience was far less than ideal. I started out first trying to add the new Onvis S4 smart plug with Matter over Thread and kept getting the failed to pair accessory error message. Suspecting this may be an issue with the Onvis smart plug itself, I then tried adding my Acura Door and Windows Sensor P2, which is also Matter over Thread out of the box, and I got the exact same results. After numerous attempts, factory resets, and iPhone and Apple Home Hub restarts, my options were running thin. So I hopped online and discovered that I wasn't the only one experiencing such woes with HomeKit over Matter devices, with one user actually saying that he managed to solve the issue by giving full admin access to a member of his HomeKit home and adding the device to the home with a different iCloud account. It seemed like a stretch, but I gave it a shot, and wouldn't you know, it actually worked. But only once. I managed to get the Onvis S4 into Apple Home using my wife's phone, but when I factory reset it, getting ready to film a video about this whole ordeal, I couldn't actually replicate the results and started getting the fail to pair accessory error message again. I of course tried to get the Acara P2 into Apple Home using my wife's phone and got that same error message. Now, you may be thinking that there's some specific issue between Matter and my particular HomeKit Home, and this is a known issue, but this ain't my case. The kicker here is that despite a fairly inaccessible app, I managed to relatively effortlessly get the SwitchBot Hub 2, which is a Matter device, into my Apple Home on the first try. So what gives? The only conclusion that I can draw at this point is that since the SwitchBot Hub 2 is a matter over Wi-Fi device, that there must be some sort of issue between Apple Home and matter over Thread devices. I have a pretty extensive HomeKit over Thread network at this point, and it works brilliantly, but all of those devices are HomeKit over Thread, not matter over Thread. Also, the SwitchBot curtains that I have ported into Apple Home via their Hub 2 over matter have worked without a 
hitch from day one. While I don't think this is necessarily related to what Stacy and Jennifer were talking about with Thread Network credentials not being shared amongst Matter vendors, I do think this is an issue on Apple's side rather than the manufacturer since it only seems to be affecting Matter over Thread devices in Apple Home and the relative infrequency that customers seem to be experiencing these issues. Matter has definitely stumbled in its infancy and I'm of the opinion that a lot of these wrinkles should have been ironed out before it was unleashed to the masses. Not just because such issues are aggravating for consumers, but also because it spoils what matter is supposed to be and it mars the manufacturers who decided to jump on board. Not only can these issues be fixed, they need to be fixed and we should demand that they are, not just for the sake of matter's continued existence, but because we as consumers deserve to get what we paid for. Now, in the meantime, I do have a now, in the meantime, I do have a couple of other options for troubleshooting. Some of them I'm not quite ready to explore yet, like completely rebuilding my HomeKit home from scratch, but that's an absolute last resort. I'll continue to try different things that come to mind, and if you have any ideas, hit me up on your social media platform of choice at my HomeKit home. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on everything we talked about in today's episode. Thanks for listening to the end, and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care.